Hi, everybody. It's Richard Zwicky with High on Healthy. And joining us today, we have the Anya Aeong-Chi, who is a Trinidadian uh, ITV host, fashion designer, and entrepreneur, and also the co-founder of an organization called Nudge. Welcome aboard, Anya. Thank you so much, Richard. It's a pleasure to be here. So you and I met back in early December at a conference, a uh, tech conference, Tech Vibes, down in Jamaica. And I was really impressed by your focus and dedication on helping entrepreneurs across the Caribbean, because it's not just about helping those entrepreneurs uh, develop skills and succeed. It's really about, in many ways, also helping bridge um, barriers and gaps to the world, but opening up access because there are limitations to people in every area of the world. But one of the ones we put on ourselves are mental health restrictions that we don't think we can succeed, but we can. Tell us how you got started Nudge and what drove you to it. Sure. Well, as you mentioned in the opening, I am an entrepreneur myself. Um, I have been mostly in the creative industries. Um, traditionally, or at least in the beginning of my career, I was uh, more of a fashion designer. But over the years, I've really entered this, the world of entrepreneurship. And so when my co-founder and I met very fortuitously in 2017, my co-founder's name is Julie Avey. She's an executive at the Caribbean in the Caribbean's largest conglomerate called Massey. And so, of course, she comes from a very um, long and successful career as a career executive, very different from my background. So our bridging in itself has been sort of the, the, the metaphor for the bridging that we find ourselves doing day to day for the entrepreneurs who are in our community. We are now 150 to 200 entrepreneurs across three islands. And so... The work that I'm doing is really kind of a reflection of um, the, the sort of challenges, challenges that I have faced myself as an entrepreneur. And as you mentioned earlier, coming from the developing world, coming from the Caribbean, there are quite a few. You know, we, we don't have as much access to the markets, to the type of networking, to the opportunities that you tend to have in more developed countries, more developed cities. So essentially, that's kind of where it was birthed. And it was also born... Uh, not intentionally, but by the time we actually launched, it was in the middle of the pandemic in 2020. So a lot of that impacted as well how we decided to do the work and how much emphasis we placed on mental well-being because you couldn't do any sort of business at the time without acknowledging the difficulties that were facing the world and that were impacting all of us emotionally and mentally. Yeah, and I mean, Julie's uh, touch and assistance with you has been amazing because she has brought those resources from Massey in behind Nudge and yourself, which is phenomenal. And it's also helped, I'm sure, with the education capacity building opportunities that you you bring and open up for the entrepreneurs. Um, you know, entrepreneurs always need the coaching, the mentorship, and guidance to getting started because we're always racked with self-doubt. How did you overcome that? That's a great question. <laughs> we could be here all day. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, like many people, I think in at a certain time in their lives, you can look back and see that when you overcome the deepest, darkest moments of your life is really when you gain the resilience and the, the strength, I guess, to get through what then becomes more normal in your everyday life and in business. It, it's really very it's very consistently difficult. Um, yes. It's never really a smooth sailing um, situation, especially if you keep climbing. Obviously, if you plateau and you're comfortable, you might get to a point where things work more smoothly. But um, 
I have had a couple really, really challenging moments in my personal life that propelled me. You know, I lost a brother. I'm one of six, one of my younger brothers. I think I mentioned this to you. He died at 18. I was 25. You know, at the time of my life when that happened, it was absolutely traumatizing and on many levels. And as a result of that experience, I propelled myself into, you know, entering Mr. Ann Tobago for no logical reason. I went to Miss Universe as Mr. Ann Tobago and just that type of um, deep soul searching that then leads to a catapult into another space or another experience that, you know, they're, they're, they're then these life tools and these life um, strengths that emerge that are transferable. And I think I have learned through personal experience how to navigate difficult business scenarios that um, that really come from these transferable life skills. So that's really the best way I could succinctly describe where I've found certain kinds of, um, I guess, exper- experiential knowledge that has applied to my work life in ways that are kind of difficult to track at times. It is it is hard to track. And it's, you know, you touched on something there, which often goes overlooked or underestimated is, you know, people say it's lonely at the top, but, and, you know, you mentioned that as people grow, they, you know, they sometimes keep growing and sometimes they find a level they're comfortable at and they stay at. And, but that, that loneliness as you grow, it is pervasive for the entrepreneur because you're constantly building new networks, but you're also uh, having a more and more restricted circle of trusted advisors and friends. But we often overlook the value of the community and it's easy to do, but it, it just one thing that hit me and it was, you know, ironic, uh, just because we'd met and, uh, we're chatting about things as far as community goes, an individual here in Victoria, a friend of mine, uh, her name's Alex Bovel. Her mother taught you to swim. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. And, and wow. that's community. Right. And we don't always recognize how those individuals are all around the world supporting us. And as entrepreneurs, it's also the opportunity for support and collaboration and building our confidence. Wow. And it's a small world. That it is crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I'm so glad you brought up community because, well, first of all, you know, I, I grew up on an island. I was born in New York, but I grew up on, a, on this island in Trinidad. And you do find yourself surrounded by exactly what you just described, you know, generations of, of connections. And, and then you, uh, yeah, you know, that, that feels very good. But to your point, as an entrepreneur, you do find yourself outside of those comfortable spaces very often. And even in my work with Nudge, I found myself in a more corporate environment. I, I am very, very blessed and, and privileged to continue to do this sort of agile, creative, innovative work even with this corporate support and that and that's probably you know i i feel very privileged to have that opportunity it's not it's very rare well it's and, also well thank you <laughs> i hope that is i hope that's true because i i find that um as i continue to push myself to be a different version of myself and extend myself beyond i could have continued i mean i want this relatively well-known fashion TV show and I could have continued on that path but for whatever reason I kept propelling myself away from what was com- coming more naturally to me and and I don't know I, I think I was born to do work of service and I found myself in this social ent- entrepreneurship social enterprise type work and it does put me in these rare very hybridized situations I don't have a lot of people around me who 
merge a lot of the things that I do. And so I have to seek out the community. And one of the things we insist on with Nudge and with my other enterprise, which is called Spool, is starting at community first. When the community is strong and they trust the entity that's supporting them and there's a sense of safety and, and, and you know, feeling of belonging, everything else is kind of natural. You know, the, the education and capacity building, as you mentioned, the funding that we support them with, all of that is practical, tangible, needed. But the, the, you can't, I, we cannot underestimate how much providing safety and sense of belonging that forms the gel of these communities has had an impact on them and will continue to way beyond us existing as far as I can see anyway. Very much so. And that also goes back to the whole issue. You know, you need to create those zones of safety for um, mental health and for mm-hmm. the entrepreneur as you're growing and trying and working at things, not everything goes well. And sometimes things go completely outside of your control and things go sideways and you feel horrible, but you have to persevere because there's so many people counting on you. And that community is incredibly important for that because it's not all going to be fun. And, you know, I always say there's a billion, uh, 10 year overnight successes. People Mm -hmm. always talk, right. But it takes that community to get you through those 10 years so that all of a sudden everything can come together. Um, and you know, you, you touched on something else about that in your uh just a moment ago you know you mentioned and you were on project runway which you won back uh, a number of years ago mm-hmm. that experience is something which i'm sure helps you provide feedback back to the communities about what's required to succeed because a lot of entrepreneurs starting off don't understand what's needed and that's part of the preparation um for anybody absolutely i you know, Project Runway was a massive personal risk for me. <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> I didn't know how to sew. And I mean, it's primarily a sewing competition. And of course, I mean, naturally, if you can design, it helps. But to get through the actual competition, you have to sew everything that you design. And I do not. I mean, it was it was very um, unexpected that I won that TV show. And and, it, and at the end of the day, I think the biggest lesson I do try to impart this is that I did not have anticipation or expectation to win I really wanted to challenge myself I really wanted and every single step of the way from episode to episode challenge to challenge the further and further I got I was I was more surprised than anybody else but I was in it for the journey and I can really on I sound so cliched but I can really authentically say that that is the truth and I think entrepreneurship really has to come from that space because to your point it's a testing and modeling situation on an ongoing basis. Things work, things don't work. Some things succeed out of your wildest dreams. And some things, you know, cut the legs from under you, you know, you just, you just don't know. But you can't let one or the other determine how, which step you take one foot in front of the other. It's, it, you, it's a real game of trust and risk and commitments to a, a bigger dream and consistently, you know, taking chances. It is. And, you know, the, I, I think it was Einstein who said he fails millions of times or thousands of times, and then he has a success and everybody thinks he's brilliant. But the reality <laughs> is he failed his way there. <laughs> totally. Absolutely true. Right. And it's that, it's that lack of, it's not a lack of fear. It's the willingness to fail so that you can succeed and 
bring a large community along with you to success that drives the entrepreneur. Absolutely. Right. A hundred percent. And that, that requires, um, an abnormally strong, um, discipline internally. And it's not, and for many it's security and it's that safety that goes back to building that community and also the education, um, that you bring through with nudge. Now, the other aspect of course is market access because companies can do everything right, but without market access, you're going to fail. You know, I, I had that happen with me in Columbia. We couldn't sell product and, uh, no business can succeed without selling product. But how do you help open up the doors for the entrepreneurs in the Caribbean? So this is exactly where, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because unfortunately people overlook what's in their backyard, but it's an incredible opportunity. No, exactly. And and you're right. It's, it's a huge part of our programming. It's probably, well, first of all, it's the most seen because it's the most, you know, sort of accessible to the consumer as well. And uh, it is part of, it's a part of the relationship with Julie's company, Massey, that has been the most um, impactful from the standpoint of it's our unique value proposition, I sh- is how I'd put it, because Massey is, represents, as I say, it's a massive conglomerate, but one of their core businesses is grocery retail. It represents, therefore, one of the largest footprints of grocery retail in the region, as well as distribution across eight different territories and now Colombia and even in Florida. So it's not only in the Caribbean anymore, actually. Um, and that kind of partnership, you know, I mean, it's priceless for it's entrepreneurs that phenomenal. are phenomenal. And so, you know, you can imagine doing a very similar type of uh, um, initiative with, with Walmart and what, what a game changer that would be for micro entrepreneurs. So the access to the shelves has been the first iteration of that. Um, we've d- taken a tiered approach, obviously starting this smaller brands on, on sort of pop-up type shelving. And then some of the brands graduate to the shelving and have permanent listing with the, as vendors in the stores. And what we have started to do, however, is bring that into wholesale distribution because we do recognize direct to consumer is, you know, it has, a, it's, it's had its place in, in our evolution, but we really want to see these businesses scale at the rate that they are capable of and wholesale distribution is really where they're going to see that scale, you know? Right. Um, so we're expanding our distribution networks and channels beyond the to suit product market fit for some of the brands. It doesn't suit grocery retail. It suits a pharmaceutical type shelf or a, or a boutique type shelf or, you know, um, it, it, we want to make sure that we are catering to the type of creativity and the type of product that that is naturally coming out of the Caribbean as well as um, using e-commerce actually to expand and scale this this market access program, both lo- locally and regionally, intra-island, etc. Et but we're really looking at exports because, you know, the scale of sales within the islands is, is it, it comes to a certain cap. However, we do think that there's enough interest in Caribbean product outside of the Caribbean that we could see some of these brands really make it to uh, an extraordinary level that we would love to see them get to. And, you know, for companies that are t- trying to take those steps, you know, part of the challenge is the, the knowledge and experience of what's involved from a logistics perspective, a planning perspective, all those different aspects. How do you bring mentors together to help? Fantastic question. 
in parallel to the B2B marketplace e-commerce platform that I just mentioned to you, we will be launching soon. We already have a virtual space with that's both an app and an online platform that allows the community to convene from wherever they are in the, in the region to have access to the sort of education and capacity building content that we have provided for them. And through that portal, there's also access to coaching. So we have experts in various different fields, primarily, of course, in the retail space because of the type of brands that we support at the moment, coming from Massey, coming from networks within Massey and without and within my own network, who are all experts in their field and very difficult to pin down <laughs> for the average entrepreneur. But because, again, of our, you know, we've really kind of come to know that our area of genius is access, whether that's access to markets, access to networks, access to funding. And we simply open the door and keep the door open for the entrepreneurs right. to access these resources. And one of them, of course, is access to expertise of this kind. 15 minutes, 13 minutes, an hour of this person's time is more than anyone could ask for when it comes to this kind of expertise, you know. Um, so we, and we're doing it virtually because again, being born out of the pandemic, it, it just really kind of propelled us to use technology in this way and expand access in a way that we couldn't do before. Um, so yeah, I mean, the nudge up is the name of the platform. It's continuing to grow and evolve right now. We have the 200 entrepreneurs in the community on it, but we're about to open it up to other communities that are in need of this kind of support and otherwise have not been able to find ways and mechanisms to scale that support across the region. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's interesting as a, as an entrepreneur and, you know, an individual, I've built all sorts of organizations. One of the things that always helped me as I was building and developing my own was to continue doing mentorship for others and to continue um, engaging with entrepreneurs who we're not involved in anything to do with my current business because it gave me an opportunity to hear their challenges and give them feedback or guidance. But at the same time, it allowed me to reflect on my own challenges that I was facing. And, you know, Nudge offers the opportunity for entrepreneurs from around the world who are faced with their own challenges also to go and give advice which gives people those moments of reflection and self uh, self-assessment which is incredibly important and entrepreneurs who want to help out how can they get involved with you and the organization well first i just want to say i mean i totally agree with you i learned so much more i think than the mentee than um in those in these sessions i i really really value the reciprocity and and yes. because i guess inherently it's a form of reflection to your point um and yes, so if you go to our website, nudgecaribbean.com, there is a partner with us button right at the top. It's probably the easiest way to reach out and from, for any form of partnership, whether, as you say, you're interested in mentoring, coaching, you're interested in supporting in any other way, um, financially or otherwise, or if you have something, if you have a community, actually, anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. to your point, that would like to join us and be onboarded onto the platform and, 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 and contribute as well as benefit from the content that is there and the community itself is the most valuable part uh, is the community of entrepreneurs themselves. So that's the easiest, most accessible way. And then of course our email is hello at nudgecaribbean.com. Both of those are the best possible ways to reach us. And I mean, I encourage anybody who's interested to do so because it's, 
it's incredibly rewarding, but it's also incredibly enlightening to do. And we often ignore what's right in our backyard. And it's amazing that, you know, you started Nudge in, you, you and Julie started Nudge back in 2020. Mm-hmm. And you're now, you've got almost 200 entrepreneurs building companies successfully in the organization. Um, how big do you think Nudge will become? That's a lot of growth, but what are you hoping for over the next five and 10 years? We certainly hope to be in the thousands by the time, um, I would say even by 2026 on the Nudge Up platform, we, we are already having discussions about Guyana, which of course, you know, is a very thriving economy at the moment. So we're very excited about the potential of going north in the Caribbean, you know, our, our sister islands of Jamaica, St. Vincent, Antigua. I mean, we have the benefits of a Caribbean community that feel very much authentically connected, even though individually each island has its own culture, like we are one Caribbean. So now that we have this virtual platform, it's it's really a matter of building the relationships, which we're very privileged to already have. So it, it I don't think it's as much as it's a lot of growth. Yes, absolutely. It feels exponential. But we one thing not just done very well, I, I can safely say is we have done the in, initial work from a design thinking methodology to sense and and established by piloting and iteration exactly what type of support this kind of community needs so that now that we are more established and we have built the models that based on all of this feedback from the community, we feel safe to really kind of expand at, at scale, you know, at a rate of um, that may seem, to your point, the 10-year overnight success, right? Like we've been at this for a long time. It hasn't just come out of nowhere. <laughs> so it may not have taken 10 years quite, but we, we really have done the work and if there's one thing I can see that I have done, as much as I'm no longer as much of a fashion designer as I was back in the days of Project Runway, I have applied a lot of my design math, um, background to this innovation work. And it really helps to have that kind of, again, transferable skill and, and to implement that in a space that has social impact and, and feels very purpose-driven. So I think we'll we'll get there. I think it's, it's imminent. Yeah, and this truly is a social impact uh organization initiative that is felt right through communities that in very meaningful ways. Um, you know, I know with some of my projects that I've done, you sometimes have a hard time measuring and understanding what the impact is, but every now and again, something happens and it makes you recognize, oh, it matters. What was that light bulb moment for you? We have very, very lucky I would say or maybe it's not luck it's your point it's been designed this way but we measure impact as it's a very intentional exercise as most um, social enterprises or NGOs have to and so there is the data and we're constantly refining we up to yesterday we were on a call about how do we refine this process it's 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 constant right and that data is helpful and it does help us to make sure that we, we can check ourselves on how we're making decisions and how what kind of impact we can improve but to your point, it's the stories. It's the individual one-on-one moments with people in the in the community who come to us to say, you know, one of our entrepreneurs comes from a part of the country that is quite remote. And her experience of being asked to be part of one of our, you know, um, content capture moments to tell the stories of Nudge, it wasn't so much that she was being interviewed. It was the fact that we hired a makeup artist to make sure that she felt, you know, taken right. care of and she was on camera and she just, her mind was blown by this 
special treatment that she, her voice, her image, her experience, and and the way in which she was being taken care of was of that much importance to us, you know? And I don't know, it was just one of those light bulb moments that you just don't realize, like, when people feel seen, it has a deep healing power. Yes, and so many people feel invisible and don't know they matter. Exactly. And how do you put that into a data point? <laughs> it's very difficult, you know. It is very difficult, and it is one of the challenges that we all face is how to help people recognize we know they matter because we don't tell people often enough. Exactly. And so, I mean, I, that just, that story just popped into my mind, but there's so many. There's so many stories, anecdotes, testimonials around the impact of funding on their businesses, but so much more about, again, the acknowledgement that their voices matter, their ideas matter, their products matter. I mean, I always say this, right? Like a brand, behind a brand is a product, behind a product is a person. And it's really about that person. And we are very intentional about that. It's a human-centric approach. We insist on making sure that the community is being valued at the level of the human. Yes. Not at the level of the sales. I mean, the sales are very important, but they're almost always a reflection of the wellness of the person behind it, you know? So, yeah. So, Anya, we are running out of time for today, but for people who want to get involved, help nudge, learn more about what's, uh, you know, the opportunities are, can you go back again through what's the best way to contact you, partner with Nudge, and engage? Absolutely. We are in a big partnership drive right now. We are really looking for welcoming like-minded either organizations or individuals interested in either coaching, mentoring, as I said, supporting from a financial standpoint, but mostly coming in as a representation of a community or a whole community to be onboarded onto NudgeUp, which is the platform I mentioned earlier. So if you go to nudgecaribbean.com, which is N-U-D-G-E, caribbean.com. There is a button at the top right, partner with us. I would go straight there and send us an, a message. That is the fastest, easiest, most effective way to get through to us. Or if you want to go straight to email, just send us an email. Hello at nudgecaribbean.com. Yeah, and I, you know, I encourage anybody who's looking uh, to get involved to do so. I know uh, I've put my hand up to help, and uh, I look forward to learning all about the amazing things that are going on. Thank you so much, Richard. This has been wonderful. Thank you for joining us, Anya. And thanks to everybody. And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back again with everyone shortly. I'm Richard Zwicky on High on Healthy.